Water sucks. I know. It's like I drink coffee and then I drink tea and then I'm dehydrated by the time I get to the water bottle. And I'm like, well, what's the point now? Because I already feel like shit. I might as well just keep it rolling. <laughs> I might as well just keep going. Make it feel worse and maybe feel alive. What are your qualifications? Ah, well, I attended Juilliard. I'm a graduate of the Harvard Business School. I travel quite extensively. I lived through the Black Plague and I had a pretty good time during that. I've seen The Exorcist about 167 times and it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it. Now what do you think? Survivor Girls. Let's get this party started. Sup, bitch? Literally no one listened to the last episode. <laughs> good, great. I didn't even listen to the episode, so honestly, maybe it was a good thing. I didn't either. Wow, so it literally wasn't us. <laughs> they probably should listen. <laughs> probably should. I, I guess we're just fucking awful podcast. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. We peaked with Hellraiser the first one, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is so bad. That's probably when everyone's like heard that one. It was like, ooh, I'm gone. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't actually get involved with this podcast. <laughs> so many regrets. Ugh. You ready to rumble? Uh, barely. Also, week three of Accutane. Um, I'm dying. Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> what is going on with you? <laughs> You sound like a demon. (laughs) Well, okay. My skin is unbelievably dry and it scabs over differently now. Um, And then it's also like bringing everything to the surface on my face. Um, But don't worry to everyone listening that sounds disgusted by this. I will soon be hot in a short four months. Plus, this movie was way more disgusting, so... <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I didn't know what we were getting into, if I'm going to be honest. I didn't look up anything about it. <laughs> yeah, um, this movie we could have done gore score for. I thought we have gore score on there for it. There's nothing on there for it, so I just kind of made my own shit. <laughs> do you want to do gore score? <laughs> we don't have to. I'm just saying this movie was gory. Prelude. I have... um a section called what the fuck did i just watch theme slash explanation yes it's so confusing and i don't think anyone knows what's going on i got i got some facts on turkish superstition and religion i think you watched the same video as me (laughs) probably but i also looked up the religion a little bit more (laughs) okay then you go off anyways welcome back to survivor girls another horror movie podcast with your host emily I'm introducing myself first today, so don't forget. And your other host, Hallie, who is having a great time. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, as you've heard. Clearly. Um, this week, we watched the movie Baskin from 2015. It's a Turkish horror movie. This had a 78% on Rotten Tomatoes with a 45% audience score. <laughs> Nobody got it at all. And I mean, I didn't either. I literally had to look it up the second the movie ended. Yeah, I didn't get it the first time. And then I was like, okay, okay, this kind of makes sense now. (laughs) It's like things that have like a really in-depth story is always based on like something that's already been written in the past. Like so many things. It's always religion, uh, either like or mythology. Like that's it. Mm Mm-hmm. If you want to make a good story, base it off something that happened, like, thousands of years ago. 
Yeah, then no one will question you. There's no hard facts. <laughs> There's nothing. It's like, oh, well, here, let's make this literary connection. And then you sound so much smarter. Yes. But yeah, so the cast for this movie, everyone's Turkish as fuck. So they weren't really in anything anyone has ever heard of. Um, this is a very American-centric podcast. Uh, yeah, uh, sorry about that. If you guys are Turkish and you are just, you guys are just going to be disappointed. But I literally we can't are... pronounce any of their names. So no one's getting cred at all. Um, but I'll just tell you what the characters' names are so I don't have to describe them every single time I talk about them. There's Arda. He's the young cop. Hot um, cop. Yes. Um, Remzi, his boss slash legal guardian. I don't know how they met. I, uh, I don't know. It's up in the air. Doesn't it's his matter. uncle. Oh, I thought his uncle introduced them. Yeah, his hot cop's uncle introduced them. And the, I probably <laughs> nepotism got him the job. Yeah, definitely. But I love how he's like, hey, I'm your uncle. I could definitely take care of you. But here's this random guy. You're going with him now. <laughs> he's now your guardian. Yes. Fun stuff. Um, Safey. I think that's how you pronounce it. I don't really know. That's how I'm going to say it. Um, one of the other cops, he was the one that drove the van. Then there was Yavuz. Yavuz? Yavuz? I don't know. Yavuz. Yes. I, I literally just kept his name in there. <laughs> yes. Because that's the only one I could, like, pronounce. Mm-hmm. Him. He was the eyes guy if you know you know Um, (laughs) we'll get to it yes um then there was oppo he was just some other random guy he didn't really even play a part besides they fucked a chicken i guess the one who got domed in the head yeah the stomach again if you know you know we'll get to it (laughs) and then baba the um, turkish satan aka short king who I just called the leader. I didn't realize he was that short until like they started to show his full body. And I was like, <laughs> oh, he's built like that. <laughs> That's really how he looks. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm sorry for anyone who is looking forward to me shouting out some Turkish actors, but I literally can't pronounce their names. I'm not even going to try. So now I guess we'll get into the major scenes. This movie is very confusing, so I'm going to try to not talk about it as much as I would like to. I'm going to try to just get the parts that are... Really? Because I have so many comments on this movie. Okay. Yeah, since Emily and I didn't really know what this movie was about, we didn't come up with a section beforehand, because usually the sections is something that, if I've seen the movie before, I can like pick something out that we can do if Emily hasn't, but since neither of us has watched this before we had no idea what we were getting into um so yeah i guess i'll describe a little bit more about what happened just uh give y'all a visual (laughs) yes and especially because there's subtitles some of you even if you watched it might not have seen everything i know Mm -hmm. i didn't and i had to look up some stuff so this movie opens up with this boy who's wakes up to the sounds of his mom having sex basically (laughs) and there's static on the television and the voices just disappear He sees this red light coming from his bedroom and an arm from a hooded figure reaches out for him and he cries to his mother through the door and it slams. And this scene replays again and again throughout the movie, Mm -hmm. sometimes from different vantage points, but pretty much the same thing. Yes. Is it important? Clearly. Yes. This is a (laughs) surrealist movie. Everything is important. It's all about the aesthetic. Yes. So yeah, then there's a hard cut to this restaurant where five police officers are talking about when they lost their virginity. One of them fucked a chicken. I don't know. This is just like a whole thing. And and I quote, about 70% of men in the Turkish army lose their virginity to an animal. Um, (laughs) sir? (laughs) Sir, please speak for yourself. (laughs) This guy's like, I fucked a woman. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) 
Also, although that scene was super problematic when they got into the, about the um the the trans um prostitute, but they used her correct pronouns the whole time, which I was like, you go. Okay, this like halfway makes up for it because they never referred to her as anything but a her, even when they were talking about her dick. Like yes. So it was that was I was not expecting that honestly. Maybe Turkey is more socially slash culturally advanced than us. Yeah, but 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 the ne- very next scene, he was basically like, "Are you calling me a like gay?" Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's true. I they they really had you going for a second. They really did. Well, fake. So then, yeah, the, that whole discussion was going on, and Safi, the driver, um, runs to the bathroom and pukes and sees this frog just chilling on the soap dish. And the hooded figure from the beginning appears behind him in the mirror. He screams and all the other cops run in. Then another hard cut of Remzi and Arda outside smoking a cigarette, um, chatting it up. Apparently, the driver's never done anything like this before. And he comes out and says that he's okay to drive. So they all just get in this police van. What the fuck is that? It's literally like a free candy type of van. (laughs) They see me rolling. They hate in. <laughs> yeah, basically, and then they just jam out to some tunes, and they get this call that this other squad needs backup. So Safi says that he's heard bad things about the area, and then he sees this naked man run into the road, and they all stop and get out of the van, see these symbols carved into the side, and a pile of frogs just chilling there. So frogs mean something, clearly. And they keep coming back. <laughs> they do, honey. You know they this do. This movie loves its frogs. It does love the frogs. So yeah, they clearly get the fuck out of there because what the hell's going on? And while they're arguing about what they saw, they run over a bloody person that was standing in the middle of the road and crash into a stream. Okay, and them. as they're going, they're driving, they have a musical number. Oh, Yes. That, that was, like, the beginning of the drive. But, yes, they were, like, jamming the fuck out. They break. Yeah, and they're all singing and dancing. Um, and also, as you see, like, Hot Cop, there's, like, a light that shows onto his forehead in, like, a circle. And it kind of looks like, I don't know, uh, in Turkish culture, they have, like, the evil eye and stuff. I mean, I believe in the evil eye. Whatever. But <laughs> that's because I believe in weird shit. But in the very end of the movie, he had... He has, like, a wound in that exact same spot, that same size on his forehead. That's crazy. I did not notice that. No, yeah. Mm-hmm. As I was watching that, I was like, okay, this is definitely going to come back later. And then I saw it at the very end. I was like, yes, I was right. <laughs> wow. No, I did not put two and two together. Even the synopsis I read did not include that. So, wow. That's good eye, Hallie. Wow. Then there's another hard cut back to the restaurant. And it's revealed that Arda's the boy from the beginning. Surprise. And then... He explains that the dream meant something deeper than it just being a dream. He made this promise with his friend that whoever died first would appear to the other and tell them not to be afraid. So this dream with the red room was him dreaming about his friend. And the friend was in the room waiting. And then he finds out the next day that his friend died that night. So then this is when Remzi's like, oh... I should have told you this when we first met, but like you should focus and take in your surroundings. And he sees the hooded figure 
And Ramsey's like, yeah, like, this is the first time anyone else can see it besides me. Haha. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, blood fucking comes down from the ceiling and out of his hands on the table. And a yep. lot of stuff is going down. It's getting crazy up in there. Like, it's literally like the shining ass, like, blood scene coming out. And Arda falls backwards into this body of water where a giant pair of hands is reaching in to pull him out. And hard cut to Arda actually being pulled out of the stream by the rest of the cops. So they're on the side of the stream. They see this group of weirdos that are chilling by the fire with another bucket of frogs. You guessed it. Why not? (laughs) Just like piling them up. Yes. And they get one of them to lead them over to this building where the there's a police car parked out in front and this is after like the people that they found on the in the woods that were just like vibing um told them not to do that yes (laughs) they did not listen to a word that they said (laughs) when a group of weird people in the woods tells you not to do something you probably shouldn't do it Mm -hmm. Just, just a thought but then as they're about to go in, Remzi tells Arda that he has the key to all of this. Haha, <laughs> foreshadowing. So they enter the building and there's balls of twine, flesh, bone hanging from the ceiling. Wait, but wait, I got a list of everything they <laughs> encounter oh, inside the house. You do. Here we go. <laughs> okay. There's a bunch of bird nest talisman looking things. They find cracked eggs filled with blood. They find another cop in the corner, Blair Witch style, hitting his head against the wall. They find more frogs. They find a weird orgy of various chained up bloody and masked people. And in another room, they find an altar surrounded with chains, locks, paintings of human transmutation. So like people that in like creatures um, put together to be like one being. And then frogs also drawn out on the wall. People bloody and saran wrapped together as well as a naked woman in a cage who is covered in blood with a bird or an owl on top of it, and then various people in torture devices and missing limbs, as well as a cannibal butcher lady, who honestly looks like the lady who gave the restaurant at the beginning meat. She might have been. Like, I was watching that, and I was like, okay, this kind of looks... Like, why else would they include that? Why else would they include it in the very beginning of the movie? Yeah, I was wondering what that was, and that would make a lot more sense if that was her. So, I believe you. But yeah, so they run into a lot of crazy shit going on. Um, so yeah, Safey, he, he gets fucked up immediately. He runs into the orgy people and they all attack him and the headbanging guy starts cracking up, thinks it's hilarious. The rest of them go downstairs and they start seeing all of like the caged woman, like the, wo- the woman with the butcher's knife and everything. And this is when Oppo gets hit over the head with the sledgehammer and Yavuz screams, setting off the woman with the knife and all of her friends. They start chasing them. No one knows how to shoot a gun, apparently. For police officers. And as this is happening, like, it's just hard cutting to all these people. Everyone in this, except for the cops, is just covered in blood. So basically, all the rooms are just bright red. Yes. And they're all just, like, running on all fours. Somehow they get captured. I don't know. Like, seems like they could have outrun them easily. But mm, maybe I'm wrong. Um, Then another hard cut back to the restaurant again. And Remzi is saying that there was no backup the entire time and they were summoned there. That's pretty much all that he says in that scene. Then they wake up and they're all chained to pillars with bloody people in chains on their knees moaning in the center of the room. 
the hooded figure, which is what you'd assume was the one from the beginning, um, Baba, enters and they all reach up to touch him. He has this keyhole on his forehead tattooed there. And he tells all of the cops, hell is not a destination, but something you carry inside. And that he's there to shepherd and guide. Poetic. So Baba's minion number one looks like he has half a hula skirt for hair <laughs> on his head. Did you know he's that? like, yes. And he's like pushing it out of the way. Like all the like, let me move time. my bang. <laughs> let me move my bang. <laughs> my bang. <laughs> oh my God. He is so interesting looking. I hear. <laughs> he's just lurking around in the background the entire time. Oh, he's loyal though. He really does it all. So Baba comes over and opens Oppo's shirt. He's clearly not doing well, still half unconscious, um, and tears open these giant stitches on his stomach and pulls out his small intestine and is, like, wrapping it up like it's, like, a hose or something. He disembowels him. Yeah. It was interesting to watch, for sure. Stitches are, like, the one thing that give me, like, the heebie-jeebies. Like, imagining someone's stitches being ripped open is, like, the worst to me. So I was, like, cringing hard during that scene. And then after he's done with him, he dies. They drag him away. Baba goes over to Yavuz and asks if he is ready to stop worshipping power and give up his worldly eyes to see what's beyond before gouging his eyes out with a knife. Fun shit. (laughs) Um, And if that wasn't enough, then he makes him fuck this woman with a goat head. Yeah, he essentially gets raped. Yes. He is blind. Well, he, I mean, yeah, he's blind. Obviously, he doesn't have eyes anymore. And yeah, and it's like they visibly show him getting his eyes stabbed out repeatedly. Yes. It's, it's triggering for sure. So after he fucks this woman and he thinks he did a good job, probably, Baba comes over and says that his heart and mind are still not open. And Yabu is just seizes and a tarantula crawls out of his mouth. What the fuck was that? I, I don't know. (laughs) Can you explain that to me? (laughs) I think I just was like, at this point, was like, all right, yeah, seems about right. That's the way this movie's going. (laughs) I guess. So then he moves on again to Arda and says something along the lines of he's worthy. I don't know, something along those lines. He wasn't going to be like the first one or whatever, but I guess it's him now. (laughs) You're the chosen one. He is. He is the Neville to um, Yazoo's Harry. (laughs) I hate you. (laughs) Oh my god. So Baba just leaves Arda alone and goes over to Remzi, thanks him for raising him and bringing him there, and slits his throat and washes himself in his blood. Simultaneously, Goat Woman is over in the corner squatting down and a rock fetus drops out of her That's vagina. That's what I wrote. It looked like she gave birth to a small rock formation. And then Hula Hoops, Hula Servant carries it away. He just picks it up, carries it away, and nothing is said about it. Literally just like she births this rock and then like they leave. <laughs> I don't fucking get it. I'm so confused by this point. This is when I was really, I thought I was confused at first. And this this is when it's like, oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) What are they trying to do here? Turkey's a weird place, apparently. Um, Hard cut again back to the restaurant, if you didn't miss it enough. Remzi's on the floor with his throat slashed. And he, he says he only has one key in this life. And that belongs to you now. And Arda reaches into his neck wound and pulls out this key. Plunges it into Baba's forehead, keyhole, tattoo, and then beats him over the head with a stool. Fun. And, violence. And he's just covered in blood. Yep. 
it's like a shower. I've never seen so much blood in my life. I didn't think such a small human would have that much blood. <laughs> yeah. Where the um, shape on his forehead comes, like you see it, that I talked about earlier. Hallie is so observant. This is I, why we keep her around. I do what I can. So after beating him to death, he pieces the fuck out by all of those bloody people in the chains. He goes outside and he's laughing maniacally and everything's in the same red that's in the dream sequences. So like the entire thing is in a monochrome red and then it goes back to like a normal black, uh, normal color. And then he gets hit by basically the van that's driving in the beginning. Yes. It's a time loop. Yes. He's the bloody person from before that they hit and just disappeared because it's a time loop and it had happened multiple times. Basically, this was the last one. Spoiler alert. So yeah, then it closes on the shot of the empty police van in the stream, which is proving that the time loop's been broken. We'll get there as to what, why. But yes, that's the end. Very, very crazy. Very little explanation. But we're going to help you out with that. This next segment is called What the Fuck Did I Just Watch? Where we're going to explain some themes and just facts. We're going to lay down a lot of information on you in a very short time period. We are. So listen up and get ready. Because if you're as confused as I was, you're going to appreciate this, I hope. We (laughs) We will clear at least some things up for you. Yes. I also don't know if any of what I say is actually true because I found a YouTube video and I believe everything I see on YouTube, but here we go. What I say <laughs> is true because it's a real okay. thing. <laughs> okay. We're going to just go. We're just going I believe at it. you, Emily. All right. Thank you. <laughs> so I'm going to explain a little bit about superstition and Hallie is going to explain about religion, how they both play parts in this movie. Um, So I'll start off because a lot of it has to do with the foreshadowing that happens throughout. Um, When they're in the van, one of, I forget who it is exactly, but one of them scratches the bottom of their foot. And this is supposed to mean in like Turkish culture, it's indicates that there's an upcoming journey, which surprise there is. Um, Also, apparently that looking into the mirror at night shows your true character. So when Safi is in the bathroom and he looks in the mirror and screams, it's supposed to be kind of like a superstitious thing in Turkey. Also, whistling supposedly summons the devil. And when they're jamming out in the van, um, Oppo is like whistling and hooting. So that's supposed to be it's summoning the devil or bringing death upon yourself. So yeah surprise there we go and the last one is there's this turkish boogeyman tarum baba um baba baba hey i just made that connection just now (laughs) i knew all these facts too (laughs) yeah hallie and i found the same youtube videos this is why we had to split it up and (laughs) one of us had to do religion one of us had to do superstition but hallie put a little more work in than me so i gave her the good one Um, but yeah, Tarum Baba is the Turkish night demon that kidnaps children. So the opening when it's like reaching out to grab little boy Arda, that's supposed to be Tarum Baba. And I mean, Baba later on does 
kidnap Arna again. Are we making so look connections here? Do we understand? Are we starting to get it? No, because here comes religion. <laughs> so we're going to talk about one of the oldest religions of this world. So this is Zoroastrianism, also known as, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, Mazdezna. It's a monotheistic pre-Islamic religion from ancient Persia, and it's also like one of the oldest in the world. Um, so the founder is Zoroaster. Zoroaster. Um, he most likely heavily influenced the concepts of heaven and hell. So Christianity, um, Islam, a lot of those things are influenced by this religion itself. It's, so it's like primordial, basically. It is. A Wait, before you get in deeper, want to hear something funny? What? Freddie Mercury's parents practice this religion, if you wanted to know. <laughs> no wonder he's so cool. Yes. Continue, though. <laughs> um, yeah, this religion, like, people still practice this religion. It's a religion based on the duality between good and evil and how humans basically have free will, which is what you see a lot in this movie, mm-hmm. um, especially since the cops at the beginning of their free will decided to do something pretty, like, not good by beating up the uh, shop like son the shop's son because he disrespected (laughs) them so basically they were being assholes and this is their punishment essentially is how i took it so zoroastrianism um believed that when you die you cross over a bridge and when they're driving their cop car down the road they end up crossing over a bridge and Mm -hmm. if you are bad you get taken to the house of lies Um, Where a bunch of creatures reside, which are basically, like, the creature humans in this movie. Um, And it's led by an immortal named Angra. And Angra is, like, this great... It's basically, like, um, the OG devil. Like, it's their version of the devil. And also, I found out what all the frogs mean. You ready for this? Oh, you did? It's connected Uh, to Zoroastrianism? Zoroastrianism? Yes. It's connected to it. So, Angra, you know, the dude that's basically Baba in this. Um, yes. He created frogs. So, they're considered oh. agents of his evil spirit. There we go. So I knew it was going to be something with that. So, from the time you see the frog in the bathroom and you see them all throughout, it's basically Baba being like, you're mine, bitches. <laughs> I already got yes. you in my sight. And also, I think that um, the whole... And his, uh, Arda's, the hot cop's head, that, mm-hmm. like, the light and him getting that wound at the end, I think that rep- may have rep- be representing the evil eye, um, because they were definitely not protected from that shit. No, not one single bit. <laughs> yeah, and that also comes up in, like, Turkish superstition and things like that, so. Mm-hmm. That is our background information. We hope that the movie now makes slightly more sense. I mean, it yes. kind of does make more sense to me after we went through all of this. Yes, it definitely does. Um, I'm wondering if we were Turkish and or slash practice this religion, if it would have made more sense throughout or if this was as confusing for others. I mean... Um, it feels like the kind of connection that you get with mother exclamation point where like yes. it's essentially based on the Bible, but mm-hmm. you don't pick that up unless you're like seriously who, looking for it seriously or looking seriously for religious. It. And yeah. And someone who studies has studied by studied, I mean, practiced religion at some point in their life. So yeah, 
it's a it's a toss up. I just want to know if anyone in this world ha- understood this movie the first time watching it. <laughs> I have questions. Do people understand? <laughs> understand Baskin. It's gonna come up to to like some Reddit post. Like, does anyone get this? Movie? That is the first thing. Can someone help me understand Baskin? Surprise. Dutch underscore Wilkerson says, three years ago, it's deliberately vague. It could be simply taking place in the real world, if not for the key at the end. It's possible they just went to hell when the van crashed. It's never explained. I don't think it took place inside Arda's mind. Honestly, while I love the style, the whole movie fell apart in the third act. That's mm. kind of sad. Accurate. Someone goes, John dies at the end, meets Hellraiser, meets Jacob's Ladder. <laughs> Thank you, don't open the safe. Which I agree, that's pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I guess we'll never know if as someone out there understood this movie. But now you do, so that's all that matters. That's really all that matters. We're here to help. Yes. I also have some more fun movie facts. Really? Yeah. Tell me. I didn't look up any. So, it was a 28-night shoot. There were no day shots, uh, clearly, because the shots are all at night. Um, but there was a month of pre-production, two months of post-production. So the movie was filmed in four months total. That's like a pretty short time period, I feel like. Yes. And do you want to know why? Why? <laughs> the director in an interview said that they were afraid that the cops would find out what they were filming. <laughs> so they had to film it really quick. <laughs> in secret. <laughs> yes. Because apparently they were in a really conservative area and they were nervous that the cops would shut the whole thing down. <laughs> Honestly, I could see it happening. I could, I could see it happening here. Yes, me too. So I guess it was smart on their part. They they did something. No wonder they shot everything at night. Because I was just thinking when you were saying that, I was like, half this movie takes place inside. Mm-hmm. They're hiding. <laughs> they were literally in hiding. <laughs> um, second one I have was, this one's kind of pointless, but the New York Times, this guy compared it to A Nightmare on Elm Street for the themes of childhood and dreams. I mean, he tried. He really tried there. This <laughs> is like, yeah, I, I don't know about that, Chief. This is like me trying to pull connections in like English papers back in the day. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Water means change. Yes. <laughs> um, and the last one I had was the guy who played Baba. He contributed to a bunch of the set design and his like character like the attributes um even though he didn't have a background in art or acting they just let him fuck around basically he's just so multi-talented they had to let him do it yes he killed it but yeah those are all the facts i had there wasn't much else i mean this entire movie was just like fun facts in itself basically Dude, I didn't even put whether I'd survive or not because I was just too engrossed with the weirdness of this movie. I feel Um, that. Okay. Emily, what would you rate this movie? See, this one is so difficult because I really enjoyed the themes and the depth that were going on. I always like when movies tie into, like, religion, especially if it's semi-culty and seeming. It's fun. Um, There was good gore. But I just feel like the foreshadowing was, like, too in your face. 
like open your eyes and then he stabs his eyes out or like i have the key and then the key i don't know the key in his forehead yeah there was like a lot (laughs) comes from his throat slit yeah it just like slaps you in the face with it it's like hey if you're too dumb to understand this here you go smush but emily we're too dumb to understand okay fair very very fair but the big thing that got me was that I feel like I shouldn't be confused about 98% of a movie when it comes to an end. That was the yeah. part that I think decreased the score. Um, so I give it a 6 out of 10. Ooh. I, I did really like the themes that they had going on there. It was cool getting to look up a lot about the religion and everything, but... I wouldn't have even known that. What if I was just a person that was just watching it for fun and I didn't care enough to look it up? I shouldn't be that confused, man. You would have cared enough to look it up. Damn right, but like... (laughs) (laughs) You would have looked that shit up in an instant. I know, but you know. know, Some people are dumb like that and they don't want it, so... Hmm? What about you, Hallie? What did you rate it? Um... So, I actually really enjoyed this movie. I don't know if it was the fact that I had to read subtitles to, like, actively pay attention Mm -hmm. because I have a problem with actively paying attention um so maybe that's why i picked on up up on that stuff this time but i gave it an eight out of ten because nice you were i was snapchatting you while i was watching it i was like this is getting crazy yeah you literally sent me a snapchat before i even started watching the movie saying this movie grosses me the fuck out and i was like great what am i getting myself into yeah so i mean and, like, if something grosses me out, like... It's saying something. <laughs> there, there's a lot happening. So, like, I I just really... I enjoyed it. I had a good time. I especially... I liked it even more after, like, we... Looking up what a lot of it meant. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I like surrealist movies. I think they're fun. And I think it keeps you, like, continually looking for things that's happening. Yes. And also, I enjoyed that... Um, Someone's talking in the other room, and I just lost my train of thought. Uh, <laughs> How rude. What was I thinking? Oh, my God. I don't know. Wait, maybe it'll come back to me. Maybe. Um, I do agree with you, though. I did enjoy a lot of it. That's why I was so conflicted. I almost gave it a seven, but I don't know. I just feel like there there could have been some things that were done better. But it's definitely mean, above yeah. average, for sure. Yeah, it's, like, pretty it's good. good. It's a good film, and, like, even though it, oh, my God, I hope that person isn't, like, you can't hear them in the background, but even though it's, like, why are they screaming? <laughs> Ma'am, it's 9 p.m. <laughs> I know, Um, but I also, a trope that I really like in horror movies is time loops, mm-hmm. like, I oh my god I gotta put this movie on the list I can't tell you what the movie is because then it'll give away that it is a time loop movie so you're just gonna have to like figure it out wherever I put the movie in the list Emily I'm sorry okay um but and like time crimes that's a that's obviously a time loop movie so I'm not even like spoiling anything it's called time crimes (laughs) but like things where there's like time loops going on things like that it's just I enjoy that trope in just movies, and it makes it better in horror movies. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, 8 out of 10. It's a good movie. I appreciate that. But would you survive or not? Bitch, <laughs> if Baba was coming at me with that dull-ass knife, <laughs> I 
I'd be like, take me, please. I give up. <laughs> I'd be dead in an instant. <laughs> well, funny you say that. I actually think I might survive. Um, number one, uh, why would you go into a building with human meat ornaments hanging everywhere? Okay, listen. Come this on. is This is if I actually was, like, in the situation. Okay. If I was just, like, an outsider... The moment, like, we crashed the van, I would be like, all right, I know we're the cops, but we're calling the cops. <laughs> That's why I'm like, one one. That was really what I was thinking. I was like, okay, can't they just turn the fuck around and leave? And I'm like, wait, they kind of are the cops. They can't That's literally leave. their job is to go. <laughs> but even if I was the cops and I was in there, I feel like I would have been able to outrun a bunch of crawling people in chains. I, they look like they were moving pretty fast, dude. <laughs> I don't know. It was the camera angle, okay? How can you move that fast? I don't know. They're like part creature. Okay, fair. But I'm just like giving myself a lot of like so- hope going on here. You're hyping yourself up. Way too hard, I know. Um, but then when in doubt in the end, just punt the short King Baba. He's, he's oh. short enough. <laughs> Yeet him across the room and bolt. Literally, you could break his bird chest. Oh, easily he was kind of jacked though so i don't know he he had a lot of muscles he did but you could see his rib cage so i mean maybe there's a chance maybe like a a swiftly targeted kick (laughs) and then take him out with a with a chair like arda did i hope they just let that happen too this is why i'm thinking it could have been easy nobody stopped him no yeah just, just they just let it happen the minion was gone with the rock baby like yep Distracted. Where was the guy with the sledgehammer at this time? Right? Gone. Everyone dipped. They were, they, this was incoming. They were like, all right, the ceremony's over. A tarantula crawled out of the mouth. Time to peace the hell out. It's time for bed. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> so I would be dead and Emily would survive. Yes. I guess. <laughs> You've kind of started you convincing me out of it. So <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. So that was another episode of Survivor Girls, another horror movie podcast. We hope you guys enjoyed. Next episode, we're going to be watching Krampus from 2015 um, in lieu of the holiday season. We're trying to be festive. So in the meantime, you can follow us on social media at Survivor underscore underscore girls on Instagram and Twitter. And you can send any suggestions or comments you might have to survivorgirls666 at gmail.com. Leave us a positive review on Apple Podcasts. And yeah. Okay, well, bye. Bye.